Good Wednesday evening and good Thursday morning. How you doing today? This is Med with shots from the sidelines coming in from the man cave in Bluffton, South Carolina, hanging with fire. Seth Foster, how you doing, buddy? What up, Med? Great to be back, man. Great to be back. Always pleasure to have you and have you, the listeners as well. Thank you for uh, listening to us. And also at the same time, please share the wealth and everything. Uh, Patrick will be here in a little bit. He'll be cutting in. He's doing his fatherly duties. Mm. Well, those days are behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I never had those days. <laughs> but uh, got a pretty good show going on. We're going to be uh, breaking down what happened with the massacre in Eugene between Oregon and Colorado. Uh, uh, slobber knocker in South Bend. Yeah, great game. Awesome game. Down uh, to the wire. Down, yeah. And it just... A lot of controversy. I mean, you talk, touched up a little bit on that. Uh, but before we go into the college smorgasbord, uh, we will be talking a little bit of NFL. And one of the two things that is, we'll go ahead and start off with some good news. So Nick Chubb had a very gruesome injury a couple week, about a week back. And it looked pretty much like his, his career was over pretty much. And I, I mean, I've never seen, well, I've seen it before, but not quite like that. But uh, some good news. Uh, they said that they believed that it was just, quote, unquote, an MCL tear. So That's the most brutal MCL tear I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. No, it's – I was like, ooh. Um, they said that his ACL was stretched. And, you know, this is, of course, good news because me personally just thinking about it is that at least he will be able to walk one day. Uh, maybe not with a limp. But, I mean – what do you think? Would you actually come back to the NFL if you had an injury quite like that? Oh, man. Um, I think Chubb will. I probably wouldn't. I'd just take the money and <laughs> move to an island somewhere. But, I mean, Nick Chubb's such a competitor. I mean, that's great news. You know, it, it really wasn't expected, I don't think. You know, everybody just assumed the worst just looking at it. So, yeah, it's great news. And at least he has a possibility of coming back. Yeah. And, I mean, there there's also some other – like, he actually got offered – a job by a, a a company called Cam Soda, and I had to look it up, and I wanted to actually. Soda. It's a porn pornographic site. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I had to look it up, hmm. and uh, they even going to give him the the title of Chief Chub Officer. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have the name just to slide right into I was that. Say it. everyone chubs. All right. All so, right. Chub up. At least he has something to look forward to in his post career if he needs to. <laughs> But yeah, I'm looking forward to Chubb getting back on the field. Hopefully, I mean, he's still a young guy, and you know, he's just one of those guys, just very rootable. Yeah, and with all that talent and everything, it's just one of those things that, you know, like you said, you just root for him. Um, but it was a very unfortunate thing, and then another unfortunate thing that is going on right now is Justin Fields. Uh, of course, there's a lot mm. of drama going on with the Bears. They are, of course, hyped up by a lot of people, myself. <laughs> I, I try to keep it contained, but uh, I can't really not say I'm not disappointed a little bit. And with everything that's going on, uh, it's just a dumpster fire at this point. We, a couple of years ago, you know, we used to hear this all the time that it was a dumpster fire, but it, it's kind of the lowest of lows right now because I was, you know, after hearing about how he kind of threw the coaching staff under the bus. By saying that they're limiting how he can play and everything like that, how you know, basically he just f it and start just playing then and everything. Hey Pat, hey. <laughs> uh, come on in, join us. So Pat's going to be here a little bit earlier, but uh, Justin Fields is definitely right now at this moment. It's a 
key season for him. Basically, well, I'll let you go ahead and talk a little bit about it. I got some stats here, though. Yeah, I know we're going to get into it in the six pack, uh, you know, about Justin Fields, but for the Bears overall, you know, it's just the worst start you can really imagine. Uh, you know, this time last year, I think they were two and one after three weeks. Yeah. And now we're sitting here 0 and three. You know, you had a lot of players in the offseason. You had a good draft, you know, so where where is it? <laughs> where where it is is uh at 0 and three right now. And, you know, looking at like basically he's it seems like he's regressed as a quarterback right now. Right now his uh just looking at his lowest completion percentages this year. Oh yeah, like fifty eight percent or something? Fifty eight percent on the yeah. dot. His yeah. QBR is down to sixty seven point seven after being eighty seven point seven. And I mean that game over the weekend, I mean it was what, like forty one nothing at one point or something? Yes. And I think they got some junk uh <laughs> touchdown at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, make it forty one ten. So <laughs> well it it's frustrating when you watch it now. Just one other telling stat is he has 27 passing touchdowns, 11 rushing touchdowns, so 38 touchdowns altogether. He also has 25 interceptions and 13 fubbles for 38 turnovers. Turnover machine. Wow. And this is in the 27 games span where he's been sacked 104 times. So he's get, not only that, he's getting a little liberated. And yeah, when yeah. you go out there and you get a – uh, number one receiver that is supposed to unlock your potential and everything, and it's not doing it. I mean, it's getting to the point where DJ Moore is showing frustration. Oh yeah, DJ is definitely a guy that will show frustration. He doesn't, you know, shy away from that for sure. Yeah. I think game one he was showing frustration. Yeah, <laughs> when he got two catches. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain and think of quarterbacks that after three years turned it around, you know, and really developed into something special after three years of mediocrity. And I, I mean, I can't really think of many off the top of my head, but I can't think of many. I mean, who left a team after three years to a different system? Hmm. I, I mean, Drew, Drew Brees had what that one decent year, I think in San Diego. But other than that, I don't think he was very good until he left San Diego and went to the a Saints. Brand new, yeah. With a well, brand new system. And I mean, that that's actually a good point right there. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. when he first came in, because there's a lot of hoopla about the fact that that was the draft that, you know, of course, San Diego was about to bring in Eli Manning. Eli Manning was like, no, I'm yeah. not going to play for y'all. Mm-hmm. And they still had Drew Brees at that moment. And that's when they made that trade for Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, so who are you going to really go with? And, uh cool story about that is when Drew Brees was leaving San Diego, he was originally going to go to Miami to mm-hmm. be with Nick Saban yeah, right. and the Miami Dolphins. Yep. And God, I wish that would have happened. Well, <laughs> well, the Dolphins would probably have had a Super Bowl back then. But well, if I it could have kept Saban in Miami, I would have been really happy yeah, for sure. But I, that's why yeah. Saban left is because the doctors at Miami said that he wasn't his shoulder wasn't healthy enough to yeah. actually be a potential NFL uh, quarterback. So he, of course, went to New Orleans and the rest is history and Saban went to Alabama. Thank yeah. God. So <laughs> at least yeah. I got one good. Team. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely get into fields a little more later, but yeah, it's, it's not looking good right now. Yeah. It's, it's not uh, just him though. Oh no, there's a lot of things. There, there's going. a lot of issues that oh, you know, I mean, are defense, behind him. Your, yeah. your defense where your defensive coordinator and what's crazy is I joked about the like, if I was the defensive coordinator for the Bears, I'd just leave and go and find another job. 
And lo and behold, the next day, news popped out that yeah. he left. He listened. Yeah. <laughs> he must be one of the 12. So. Wasn't it inappropriate behavior, the reason they listed? Yeah, they, there's a lot going on up there. They, there was rumors that there was an FBI raid. There was what? like, I'm not joking. Like, wow. it's just unreal what's going on. It's for just Chicago a dumpster Bears. fire, I guess. It is. But, you know, the silver lining is, is that we're going to have probably the two top picks in next year's draft. Yeah, that's the great thing about the NFL. Yep, that's right. Not if you do anything suck, with them. <laughs> you suck, you suck hard, and then the next thing you know, you're good. You trade them away for a top receiver, and yeah, there's actually <laughs> someone that <laughs> there was actually a uh, I saw something cut going through the internet and everything that there was a trade that was proposed. It, you know, it's one of those sites, and they're like trade Justin Fields for Zach Wilson. Uh, second round pick and fifth round pick. I was like, fuck that. No, no. <laughs> so <laughs> Zach Wilson is not the answer to anybody's team. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think BYU would take him back at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, also not finding an answer for anything that really happened. How about the Colorado Oregon game this past weekend? Oh, man. <laughs> I, mean, I think we all called it. I don't know if I, I don't think I thought it would be that bad. But I think we all sat here last week and said Oregon's just going to yeah, kill them. Gonna. But we didn't expect Colorado I, to be trailing thirty-five to nothing at no. halftime. No, I, I I knew you know they were going to kind of give it to them. I didn't think it was going to be that bad though. No, at no. all. I mean, Colorado couldn't do anything. They got sacked seven times. Yes, Shador had what one hundred and fifty-six yards passing, one touchdown, but it was garbage. One, yeah, garbage time. Um, Travis Hunter wouldn't have been a difference regardless. No. Oregon was just killing it. They were on they were on it. And not only that, I mean, if you just look at the stats, yeah. Oregon had five hundred and eighteen total yards and yep. thirty first downs. Jesus. And, you know, Deion Sanders just straight up called it. He was like, that was just a good old fashioned butt kicking, and he's yeah. right. What's crazy yeah. is I mean, looking at them, Colorado didn't have any turnovers. Oregon had the only turnover and still lost that bad. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even it wasn't even really his fault. I think. I mean, we knew the running games. game was going to be an issue, and mm-hmm. you have forty yards rushing. So, I mean, they're just coming after Shador. They had nothing to be worried about with the running game. Well, it, they, he was pressured forty four percent of the time. It, it just goes to show you can't really you you can't build a team without starting in the trenches. Yeah. You know, okay. you don't like like Vinny Luca said with you know Justin Fields. You got You got to have an O line. You got to have a defensive line. You can have all these playmakers around, but if you yeah. can't get them the ball or block for them, that's the you know, trickiest it's thing over. about the transfer portal. I feel like there's a lot of playmakers out there to bring in, but mm. the the good guys in the trenches are hard to find. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and I mean Colorado for the entire game, and this isn't, you know, I just said Oregon's offense, and that's not including their special teams. Colorado had 194 total yards. That's yeah. including punt returns. I mean, returns. you're not really going to beat anybody. No, no. no 200 yards. But, I mean, I, I did like that Dion owned it after the game. Uh, you know, he didn't have anything really smart to say that I that I heard. Uh, of course, ESPN released after the game, you know, the quotes by yeah. uh, Lanning. Yeah, Lanning. And they made it seem like he said that after the game. It was actually in a pregame speech. Yeah. So what they say behind closed doors in pregame speeches, I don't care it what they matter. say. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter at all. You got to say whatever to get your team pumped up. But mm-hmm. he was right. Yeah, I mean, I and love what he said. Yeah, you know, that fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. I mean, shit, that made me want to, like, strap it up and go out there. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, he's kind of doing the Play same thing. Yeah. You know, he knows somebody's recording. He knows it's going to go out there. So, I mean, at this, 
Yeah, just like on you the know, field, kinda, how they recorded all the trash talk by Colorado right, players, yeah. you know, walking around talking trash. Yeah. Like it's all, it's all media at that point. Once, yeah, I wouldn't. Re- I mean, it's hard because phones are everywhere. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want phones in the locker room. No, and in a lot of NFL uh, game, uh, locker rooms, that's not allowed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it. I got a quick question though. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of landing. Could you see Landing as a possible Alabama candidate in a couple of years? Ooh. I've seen that mentioned in some places. Just, yeah, Ooh. I was going to say that's like the hot topic right now is because mm-hmm. he seems he's a really good recruiter. I mean, look at what he's done over in Oregon. I mean, this is after yeah. Chip Kelly just yeah. went through. And Under Kirby for a few years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's – I figured uh, Lane Kiffin would be the sure boot in to Alabama. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's not over in Not after this past weekend. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, but it was also not not only that. I mean, Bo Nix really solidified himself as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, you had a coming out party with Troy Franklin, who mm-hmm. just torched the secondary for five catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns. Right. But uh, you know, this we'll be touching up on this also in the six pack as far as like how Oregon should be perceived from here on out. But going from a straight up good old-fashioned butt-kicking to a good old-fashioned slobber-knocker that was in South Bend, Ohio State, Notre Dame. And, you know, Seth and I were talking about it before you came in. Uh, They made Sam Hartman look very pedestrian. Yeah. And he only had 17 completions out of 25 for 175 and one TD. And this is an offense, you know, like I kind of talked about it last week when my buddy was like, you know, Notre Dame, we're going to kill it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, Tiger, mm-hmm. that's Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next game, we'll see what you do. And we all picked Notre Dame. Yeah. We all figured that Notre Damn Dame it. was going to take it. I, I liked – I mean, I I liked Notre Dame. I, I would still pick know? them again. Yeah, I would. I and, would. I mean, not just because of Sam Hartman, but, you know, yeah. Estime, like you said, is yeah. one of your favorite college running backs, Seth. Super balanced team. They, they have, have everything you need. And I don't know. They just kind of choked on Saturday. Well, uh, Trayvon Henderson is basically the biggest thing that really uh, ran up all through him. I mean, 14 carries, 104 yards, a 61-yard touchdown. Yeah, great run back. Court. I yeah. mean. Loved him last year. I think he got hurt towards the end of last year, but had a fantastic year. And Kyle McCord played better than I ever thought he would. Yeah, I was yeah, 240 I was yards. I really, mean, it really is a – Good defense for both sides. Great defense, but player. I mean, it's Kyle McCord. That's probably his best game all season that I've seen for sure. Well, you know, it wasn't he, definitely in Indiana, but I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, he really cleaned it up for this. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I, a little bit of a scare in my eyes because I'm a big fan of Marvin Harrison Sr. To see his son playing that game, you know, they're talking about him potentially being the Belenkatov winner for the best receiver in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh. And he got hurt. Yeah. And, you know, doing run blocking. And, you know, I, you know, I was an offensive lineman and tied in. And whenever I had a running back run up in my backside, when I'm trying to block for him, I used to pee, mm-hmm. tee me off like mm-hmm. it wasn't anything. Like, dude, run around me. Mm-hmm. But uh, put his, your hand on my back, push me. Yeah, something. Do don't, something. Don't, just don't, don't run just run into me. me. I, I yeah. want to break you in half. <laughs> but uh, his boy, Emike Egbuke. Yeah, I think I said it right. Seven receptions, 96 yards. He did drop one very crucial touchdown that would have uh, probably sealed it for him earlier in the game. Uh, 
I mean, what do y'all think about this game? I thought it was actually a very good game. And also, stat. Notre Dame has not beaten Ohio State since 1936. Wow. Wow. How many times have they played in that span? Two, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know they played last year, and it was a pretty close game. But, I mean, it was just a defensive struggle. You know, yeah. if you're looking for offense, that wasn't the game to no, watch. No, it was not. It was not. But, I th- yeah, I think these two teams are both still contenders. I mean, Notre Dame still – with one loss, they can still make the playoffs. And, of course, Ohio State. Yeah, they, everything I mean, is different. Notre Dame has a tough schedule. They always do. Yeah. yeah I know they look have, at it, what, I mean, USC, they, Duke. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm saying Duke. but Yeah. Well, I mean, Duke has actually been pretty good for the last couple of years. But another thing, you know, talking about, like, just dropping back to Colorado is the fact that they got to go play USC this weekend now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that schedule's tough. They have, yeah, like, five is. or six ranked teams ahead of them. Uh, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, we've talked about one – like a thousand times now also something else came up with the college football uh playoff system they were talking about expanding it out to 12 teams they are now going to put that on hold this happened about two hours ago uh wow. because of Breaking what news. happened they put it on hold because of what happened with the pack 12 wait i'm sorry what happened so they were going to expand out. There were actually right. options to expand out the college football playoffs uh-huh. up to twelve teams. They're right. still going to eight game, eight teams next year, I right? I believe they are, but they were going to spread it out to twelve teams in two years. Okay, they were actually talking. About oh, I thought next year again. was the twelve year. They were just doing it. They might be doing it then, but they're not doing it now. Okay, and it's mostly because of what happened with the Pac twelve. Oh, uh, when it dissolved, because you got to think you lost one of your Power Fives. So you don't know, you know, they probably want to have it to where each, at least one of the conference winners and then like however many wild cards. I think they should do it all the way across, not just the power five. Go and let the group five get in there too. You know, let's, let's actually make it like March Madness. Yeah. Let's get uh, 64 teams in there. Let's (laughs) not quite uh, that. (laughs) One quarter. If you can win one quarter, you you go to the next round. (laughs) We'll just call this a jamboree, buddy. (laughs) I'm all for it. All scrimmages. Seven on sevens. Let's (laughs) let's just do it. Anything to extend the college football season. Let's go into February. Yeah. We'll just keep it going. Yeah. Don't matter to me. Play, play, the, play the championship the same day the Super Bowl is. Why not? Well, that uh, pretty much does it with the leadoff, unless there's anything else. I mean, we did say that, you know, the breaking news in the NBA with Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee. but Yeah, I mean, that's worth touching on. I mean, it finally happened, and I don't even remember the Bucks really being mentioned as a serious contender. They never were. Uh, so that kind of came out of left field. But it immediately puts the Bucks in the top. What two in the East? Mm-hmm. I'd say along with the Celtics, top two, and it probably bumped them up to the top one. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, of course, you lose Holiday, which he's a really good player, but you upgraded. Game. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a huge upgrade right yeah. there. And you lost I mean, Grayson got, Allen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean they got they got a good six, great six man with with Portis. Yes, you know, they're they're five five man lineup Strong. is. And Probably one of the best in the league. I mean, if Middleton would have been healthy last year, they could have easily yeah. made it farther. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, great move for them. Yeah, and DeAndre Ayton actually went up to uh, Pollard mm-hmm. Lynn, which is probably a huge weight off the Phoenix Suns uh, general manager and our front office's shoulders because there was a lot of tension going on between Ayton and them. Yeah. Uh, so Portland didn't really make it out too – well – they didn't make it out great, in my opinion, because I mean, you gave you gave up the centerpiece. Yeah, they're ready for a youth movement, though. They have so yeah. many good young players, and mm-hmm. got Scoot Henderson in this previous draft. Mm-hmm. I believe that's his name. 
uh, scoot something. <laughs> and Phoenix got a whole bunch of uh, role players. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they, they really did though. I mean, there's not really anyone that really shines in my eyes as far as what Phoenix got, but also at the same time, when you got Bradley Bill, uh, Devin Booker, uh-huh. and then you're figuring in, you know, Kevin Durant, if he actually, if he ever Zank- plays, yeah. If his ankle stays 100, uh, I mean, you really don't need anything but role players at that yeah. point. Well, I'm glad it finally happened. I mean, that drug on for way too long. Yeah. You got training camp about to start. So, can you imagine? Hey, I know this is a little off topic. Can you imagine what was it? 20, 2011, 2010, the Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant trade? Yeah. You know, and the fact that they reversed that, right? Uh, y'all could spend a whole hour no. on that. I yeah. mean, goodness, <laughs> that would have been Kobe's last good chance to me. Yeah, and they just yeah. blew it up. Freaking Daniel Stern, David Stern, David Stern. Sorry, <laughs> I like David Stern too, but that move was yeah, just ridiculous. ridiculous. And now you see these trades, like the Bradley Bill trade. You know, that's just so lopsided. And who, who's stepping into that one? Yeah, or the next couple of years where you got LeBron and Wade LeBron. and Bosh. Yeah. All together, like, come on, bro. Yeah, exactly. It, it really did suck. Ready for the six pack? We are about to go to that six pack, and Let's we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. We are about to pop open the six pack. I'm going to make sure I get the actual stuff on here this time. <laughs> and here we go. It is somewhere on here because I need to redo this. Here it is. Thank God. All right. Number one. You're not going to pop it? There we go. <laughs> Following the dismantling of Colorado, should we consider the Oregon Ducks as a contender for the C college football playoffs? I'll say absolutely. I mean, I haven't seen one truly dominant team out there this year. They're very balanced, have good players at every position, including a great player at quarterback. I mean, like we're saying, landing, coming up under Kirby, he knows how to recruit, he knows how to coach players up, how to motivate them like he did this weekend against Colorado. They still have games against five ranked teams, so I mean they do have a challenging schedule plus a conference title game they would have to win. Uh, but I think they're definitely a serious contender. Yeah, I mean I think if they win out, they've got really four big games uh, coming up with Washington, USC, and Washington State. And if they can win out, I think they have a chance. Yeah, I mean you talk about a resume, that'd yeah. be pretty impressive. Yeah, it would. Extremely impressive. Kill a dream and then beat a bunch of top I mean, ten. Bo Nitz can become the oldest player to ever win a Hosman at, what, 32? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, Chris Winkie, I think, is actually the actual oldest Heisman winner at 29, so yeah. you never know. And Winky, How old is Bo Nix? Uh He's probably just like 25, something like that. <laughs> I was about to say. He's old enough. Ain't no way. Well, it's like my buddy. It just feels like he's been there in, the, in college football forever. Yeah. Well, one of my buddies, he's like, man, if, if Chicago actually go with Bo Nix, I was like, whoa there, Tiger. You know, I don't want to get a senior citizen discount, you know, for Bo Nix as he gets into the league. <laughs> no, but, he'll just know. turn into an alcoholic like Seth and Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, there you go, folks. Georgia fans said it. 
So, yeah, but uh, as far as Oregon Ducks go and everything like that, like you said, they got an already tough schedule ahead of them. You know, they got, of course, USC coming up, uh, Washington State, Utah. They still got a lot of big games. Um, so if yeah. they actually make it through all of that, I yeah. mean, of course they have to go there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we don't need to – you know, talking about overreactions and I watched them a couple weeks ago struggle against Texas tech. So just because they blew out Colorado, I don't think it means they're, you know, a top five team, but I think they're a contender. Yeah. It was yeah. Colorado. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Colorado, no defense, no offensive line, no running game. Basically Shador Sanders throwing the ball to Weaver and Travis Hunter. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Turned it up. That good one out there. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, which team has been the biggest surprise early in the college football season in your eyes outside of Colorado? Um, I went with uh, something way different than you guys probably. I went with Clemson. Surprise <laughs> in a bad way? <laughs> no, yeah, surprise in a bad way. Oh, yeah. Um, they have a really good team. Yeah. Like, yeah. They have a really good team. They're a strong team. It's just their own mistakes cost them too much. And those well, two losses – Especially with the Duke game. Yeah. Uh, when you fumble two times in the 10-yard line, about to score and everything, you yeah. and you just turn the ball over. I mean, you're not going to win. And, you know, I believe I saw the kicker miss a, a, yeah. a field goal that would actually beat Florida State this past weekend. Oh, I mean, the kicker, they had to bring in from – wasn't he in Charleston? Yeah, just, he wasn't even enrolled. Yeah, just taking uh, remote yeah. classes. Yep. And they just brought him in like the Sunday before the game. Yeah, here, yeah they th- did. thank you for doing your online classes, sir. Come over here and kick a couple of field goals. For I us. mean, I, I kind of put it on the coach though. I don't know if you guys saw like the last five minutes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. But it was yeah. horrible. They called a timeout before Florida State was going to call a timeout. That was their last timeout. They tried to like they ran the ball up the middle, got like 15 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're apparently the kicker can kick like 60 yard field goals. They were at like the 50 yard well, line or whatever it was. It. <laughs> But they couldn't. They didn't even go back to to spike the ball or anything. They just walked to the sideline, and there's two two seconds left. They run back to the line of scrimmage, and yeah. by then it's too late. Yeah, and that little screen pass. Uh, I can't remember what down it was down towards the goal line. Yeah, and he, you know, it got broken up or basically got tackled for a loss. Yeah, and I mean that just terrible play call. Well, and I mean, and they I, controlled that game pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they, they let it almost. The whole way. Well, that was the same thing with the Duke game. And, you know, these are big games like this where you actually have to buckle down. These are the ones that actually make the statement for you. Are you a good team or you're a team? And right now, like you just said, I mean, it breaks down to coaching. I mean, you have to be able to actually execute. And I mean, you saw Dabbitt going after the defense coordinator a few times. Yeah. Well. No, yeah, he did. He did go. I I mean, I kind of, I kind of put it on, uh, what's his name? Mufada. Mm hmm. I mean, that one crucial block, Clemson had the game. That one crucial block that he just – he went out and did like a flare or something like that. Klubnik got killed, fumbled oh, the ball. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Touchdown. And I don't think he came back in the game after that, did he? Yeah, he did. He, did did. he? he finished, yeah. I was thinking it was just the Shipley kid after that. But it, it just – their own mistakes killed their season. And it's over. Yeah, yeah as it's far over. as playoff contention, it's over. They're, they're a top five team without yeah. the losses. No, I agree with that. I mean, they had Florida State on the ropes. Yeah, I they mean, did. the Duke game, they, they had them on the they ropes. Had them. And they just, you know, like you said, they just turn it over. And yep. 
Yeah, I mean, my biggest surprise, I had two teams. I just couldn't choose one. Uh, I had Duke and Utah. Uh, Utah, they faced a tough first four games yeah. without their star quarterback, uh, and they're now at 4-0, and ranked number 10. They have wins against Florida, Baylor, UCLA. Uh, you know, defense is just playing awesome. And then Duke, on the other hand, I mean, they have a huge win over Clemson. The score wasn't really close, even though the game was probably closer than the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took care of a Big Ten team easily, beating Northwestern 38-14. And, I mean, Mike Elko's got that defense just flying around. And, of course, we got Notre Dame coming up this weekend. You know, it's it's crazy that Duke's even in the football conversation right now, but they're a really solid team. I mean, like I said before, Duke has had some really good teams. I mean, it it's not just Danny Dimes or well, anyone I, else before that. But. They have some decent teams with Cutcliffe, but I don't remember them ever beating a top five or ten team. You know, this is yeah, they're definitely this is impressive. And Riley Leonard, I don't know if y'all watched him much. I mean, he doesn't put up gaudy numbers, but the guy's just a winner. Uh, yeah. You know, a former basketball player. I might have mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but they showed him do a 360 dunk in a game, yeah. a high school game. You know, like six foot three. So. The guy's got tons of rushing yards. I think he only has a couple of touchdowns passing, but just an athlete. And, I mean, originally when I thought that was actually the biggest surprise for me would be, you know, I would say Duke. But y'all pretty much already cleared up on that. And, you know, Texas actually surprised me a little bit, but not to the point where LSU has actually surprised me in the other way. And and the fact that, you know, they, they returned so many starters. And they already lost the game. They got their their butts handed to them by mm-hmm. Florida State. You struggled against an Arkansas team that is one star short with Rocket being gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they still almost lost that game. Yeah, like we were. I was, yeah, I was really surprised that game was that close, and it was at LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's just one of those things where you sit there and you're like, okay, you know, was last year a fluke at this point? You know, and you really – I know that I picked them to win the West. And it, it's just one of those things where it kind of, like, shocked me because, you know, Jaden Daniels, they were expecting him, like, kind of like Justin Fields, to take that next step. Right. And right now, he, I mean, he's doing all right, but he's not doing what you uh, think he would do. And I, don't, that I don't think he's the problem. I think the defense. Yeah, the defense just looks there. horrid. Yeah, they've got star players all over the place, so I don't know what's going on with the defense. Yeah. I kept seeing that score over the weekend. I didn't watch any of that game, but I kept seeing the score. I was like, how the hell is this happening? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely been one of those things where it's kind of like, okay, what exactly? And, you know, partly one of the things that I've actually talked about, and I lost my train of thought, but, you know, one of the things that I've talked about, I don't know. It, it's, it just baffles me. Moving on to number three. Which Q, which QB? Has, yeah, no. <laughs> which QB has been the most impressive to you this early in this year? Mm. Don't say who. I think it is. I mean, there's been some really impressive quarterback play going on this year, but I got to go with Michael Penix Jr. I mean, I know I picked Washington as kind of my surprise team. Uh, I mean, Jordan Travis is having an amazing start too, but Penix, he's just he's got the best stats by a pretty good margin. They haven't really gotten the meat of their schedule yet, but he's got 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, and the completion completion percentage of 76%. And last year he was at 65. So, I mean, if he can get a win over Oregon and USC, I don't think there's any question he'll be the front runner for the Heisman. Mm-hmm. 
I went with um with JJ McCarthy. He improved a lot. Um, he went from an average rating of 153 uh, in 2021, 2022, and this year he's he's playing at uh, 183 uh, QB rating. Um, to me, that's huge. I mean, you go up 30 points in your rating. Also, he's about 80% passing completion. Jeez. Um, I haven't watched much of Michigan, but that's impressive. Yeah, 2021 and 2022, he was at 60%. Nice. Um, I mean, that's that's gigantic. I mean, I know they haven't really played anybody. Yeah, but, but that, I mean, I mean their, their problem is they haven't really had the threat at quarterback the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah. You know, they, they have to be more balanced. Yeah. I mean, but they have a tough schedule coming up. So, I mean, if he plays like that, continues to, it's going to be a problem. God, there's just so many good quarterbacks out yeah, there. Yeah, there is. So, I went with one that, you know, kind of went on my radar because of what happened last week when they were playing Oregon State. And I'm going with Cameron Ward from Washington mm, State. 6'2", 223 yeah. pounds. He has almost 1,400 yards passing and 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. I didn't think it was that big. He's pretty He's damn huge. big. <laughs> He's huge. That's a uh, Cam Newton running yeah, around back yeah. there. But uh, you know, I was watching that game, and I mean, if you just watch the highlights of that game, I mean, they got some ballers out there at Washington State, and they Josh Kelly, he was made. He made two exceptional catches, one handed. I mean, there's one where the pra- guy was practically undressing him as <laughs> he was like going down to the turf and caught it. But it all starts at quarterback. And Cameron Ward, he's just bringing it. He's not only, I believe, leading them in passing yards, but I think he's also leading them in rushing yards as well. Oh, man. So, I mean, he's missing. Yeah, I mean, that's all. a guy going into the season. I didn't even know his name. Yeah. So, I mean, it just shows you the Pac-12, how many good quarterbacks they have out there. Yeah. And, I mean, okay, for instance, I'm looking at the stats right now. Cameron Ward had four touchdowns. This is against Oregon State, a top tw- – well, at the time, top yeah. 15 team. Yep. Uh, well, they're still a top 15 team, but uh, 404 yards, 82.4 completion percentage, four touchdowns. Jeez. Uh, rushing, yeah, he didn't really break it off in rushing yards, but he still got a one, he got a touchdown on that. So that's five total touchdowns. I mean, he accounted for all but three of the points that Washington State scored. What year is he in? Junior. Junior. Wow. So State has a good defense. He'll be eligible to come out this year then. He'll be able eligible to come out. I mean, he better not. Yeah. I mean. He better I not. Would, would some of the stuff I'm looking at right now. I mean, nobody's coming out next year. Yeah. Well, I know Caleb uh, Williams, is, his daddy yeah. said, you know, he's staying. So yeah. if, if the Bears are if the Bears are the number one pick. I can't yeah. imagine Caleb Williams staying. <laughs> oh, man. And the fact that we got uh, Carolina Panthers pick two. Ooh, that might be number two. So, but, you know. Uh, it, it's just like you said. I mean, the Pac-12 has some ballers out there. That, yeah, they really do. I mean, they're just loaded up. I mean, on the East Coast, I mean, really, the two people that we talked about is Jordan Travis and Drake May, mm-hmm. and those are the, really the only two names. And right Drake now. May hasn't really started off great. No, no, he hasn't. And it's just, mm, I just don't get it. But uh, moving on to number four. Is there any team that can stand in the way of Georgia going undefeated before the college football playoffs this year? No. <laughs> Saw that coming. And uh, why is that? No, I, I, there's a there's a couple teams not on Georgia's schedule. 
I don't see that. I mean, the, our hardest team is probably going to be in the SEC championship with either Alabama or LSU, but I don't see LSU making it really anymore. I still think Alabama will get there, but we'll see. There is one team in the East right now that is uh, kind of picking up some steam, and I don't. I normally, don't say it, Ned. You don't. Say, oh, Lord. I mean, <laughs> oh, just picking up some steam. <laughs> up some steam up there in Lexington. Had a big, big win over Vandy over the weekend. The big, oh, huge win over to Vandy. No, I mean, well, South Carolina. You know, the SEC Super Conference Facebook page. You would think that the. Kentucky yeah. Wildcats would have uh, already won that championship, but I mean, I don't see they're, so they're not doing anything. That's who you're picking in the East mode. Is that what you're saying? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I think really and truthfully, Georgia's going to just curb stomp all the way through. And like he said, the biggest challenge will probably be in the SEC championship. It'll be either Alabama or LSU, probably Alabama at this point yeah. because yeah. their defense is. Incredible. I mean, can't really go. And, you know, me and Pat, I mean, I'm pretty sure you would say this too because you're a Tennessee fan and you don't see defense. But mm. when you look at our teams <laughs> and you see that defense, <laughs> just <Good shots. laughs> steamrolling some teams right now. I mean, Milrow seems to be finally coming along. Thank God. Cause well, he he wasn't doing bad. He wasn't bad, you know, at uh, all. I don't know we, why he got benched. We've but. talked a couple times, Seth and I, and like we just don't understand why he got benched. Yeah, but, well, I think they just gave Buckner a shot since they brought him in as a transfer. Yeah. They're just like, let's see what he can do. You know, we're going up against what was it, South Florida in that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, let's that, see what we got. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> don't don't. Know I mean, a, a, a I think right now. I mean, obviously this would be in the playoffs uh, for Georgia, but I think right now Florida State, Ohio State. Oregon, Texas, and even Michigan, I think are teams that can compete with Georgia. Um, obviously, we haven't seen Georgia against a really good team yet, but just you know, watching them so far, like in the South Carolina game, I don't see like a Jalen Carter out there this year. Uh, nope. Which there aren't many Jalen Carters. You know, he had like a Nick Fairley type effect last year mm-hmm. on that defense. So, I mean, Becca's looked good actually. He's he's been fine, mm-hmm. uh, but the offense, you know, it hasn't been clicking at, on all cylinders. And you still haven't got McConkey back, so you know I'll give them that. Uh, but the running backs, I don't think they're dynamic. You know they're they're solid. No, they're not. The only thing I could actually say, as far as in regards to what Georgia said, and you've already discussed it a few times, is how that offense just seems to be a slow burn, slow yeah. start in every game so far this year. And you know the only thing I'm wondering is if there's an uh, an offensive team that can actually blow it right out yeah, the gate to where we can't catch up and you can't catch up yeah. because you know Beck ain't doing bad but he ain't doing great either and I mean he could potentially do it but he hasn't been put in that position yet yeah. he wasn't forged yeah, we fire won't. like Stetson Bennett. I mean like Pat said we won't know really until probably the SEC title game you know mm-hmm. when they face some truly good competition so it's going to be you know just wait and see I mean, I think Beck will keep getting better as the year goes on, get more comfortable. And, uh, I mean, I think Florida, you know, that'll be a decent little test for right. uh, for, yeah. for Georgia and Beck. But I, I just think there's so many good teams. I, I definitely think there's some other teams that could get in their way and present a challenge anyway. I mean, I, I could see FSU and, and Michigan. I don't, I don't really see anybody else. I like the balance that Texas has. Uh, you know, Texas, just, yeah. We saw what they did against Alabama. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's still a long ways to go. So at this point, we're just kind of throwing darts. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's still, what, uh, 10 more weeks of college football. So, I mean, like you said, throwing darts. But I mean, it's going to take a truly uh, special quarterback, I think, to beat Georgia in that defense. You know, I don't think McCord for Ohio State would be able to do it. Uh, no. You know, I, th- I think a quarterback like yours at Texas, uh, McCarthy at Michigan, or oh. Travis at Florida State. Or any of those Pac-12 quarterbacks that we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, Once you got to have – Yeah, I mean, I could see – got to have a good defense, too. I mean, it's just – Yeah. It's going to be a tall mountain to climb. And have a really good offense. Is there a team that has been hyped up this year that has been a letdown? I mean, for me, it's two teams, and they're both in orange, Clemson and Tennessee. Both had high expectations, both off to bad starts, but disappointing production from the offenses. Uh, the Clemson loss you know, was really shocking because they were already coming off of a disappointing year. Then they had FSU at home and had them on the ropes, let them off the hook. You know, they're on the end, lost in overtime. They had to be really disappointed in that fan base because that pretty much ends your chance at a playoff run. Um, Tennessee, on the other hand, lost yet again in the swamp to an average Florida team. Offense just hasn't been clicking, mainly because injuries on the offensive line, Milton not being accurate. You know, it's just there's no Jalen Hyatt I mean, out there running around. So basically, Tennessee would have to run the table to even have a chance at the East title. And I mean, we know that's not happening. So, I mean, I, I can't really think of other, other than those two teams, any team that's been tremendously disappointing so far. Yeah. So just touching up on Tennessee and everything, would you, as far as your five-star quarterback you got coming in and every Nico, uh, would you go ahead and start him? No, I mean, he's, I don't think he's ready. He's had a little time in a couple games and, you know, he still needs to put on some weight. I mean, I think Milton's not really the biggest problem. I think the offensive line in front of him is just giving up way too much pressure. And I think he sits and waits a little bit too long. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not Hendon Hooker, and we yeah. knew that going in. Uh, but they did run him more this last weekend before he got injured and had like an 80-yard touchdown run. So maybe he can do more of that against South Carolina. But they've got to have – you got to at least have the threat of the run in yeah. that offense. And so far he hasn't really run hardly any. So, so uh, just to say that – because you just mentioned another team that I would say that got really hyped up this year and has been kind of let down. It is actually South Carolina also. Um, Sorry, Andy. <laughs> it, it It is what it is. I mean, Beamer Ball has been good and everything like that. And I remember before even the first game when they played against UNC, I was over at a friend's house to watch that game. I was really stoked for this game because finally it looks like, you know, South Carolina is going to start off on the right foot. And one of the things I constantly heard was, I can't believe that we're not ranked 25th or in the top 25. Mm -hmm. And I I remember sitting there, I was like, well, guy kind of earned that. But, you know, they did end last year, I believe at 19th. And, you know, had a, a hell of a, like an ESPN classic game between them and Notre Dame in the bowl game. But to come out like they did, and I wouldn't say come out flat, but, you know, they didn't finish. It just felt like that whole game they would march it down the field, but you didn't finish. You didn't put the ball yeah. in the end zone. And, I mean, you're still having some major issues, not only – not really passing the ball, but really running the ball – Mm-hmm. Pretty much every other aspect other than uh, Spencer Rattler, who's been kind of carrying the team to the point where they're, what, 2-2 two and two right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean. Yeah. Struggled over the weekend. I mean, barely held on against Mississippi State. But, you know, I thought they played really well against Georgia. That's about as as well as they could play. Right. Uh, but, of course, the North Carolina game, that was pretty disappointing. 
So, I mean, this weekend, you know, like we talked about, this is kind of make or break for those two teams. And whichever one wins, I think, still has a shot at a solid season. Whichever one loses, I think you can almost stick a fork in them. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to see it. I mean, it's my home state, and I I actually kind of like them better than I like Clemson because, you know, fans. But, uh, but yeah, no, that that'd be one team that I would actually say kind of has been kind of a letdown for a lot of people around in our area, especially. Right. Yeah, but then again, this time next week, if they beat Tennessee, I think most South Carolina fans would probably be like, yeah, it's a pretty good start. You know, we played Georgia good and <laughs> beat Tennessee, so – Beamer ball. Beamer ball. Beamer ball. I, I think the last couple of years with Beamer, didn't they start off slow? And then they kind of finished good at the yeah. end. Yeah, strong. Yeah. Both yeah. seasons, yeah. So. But, I mean, like you said, uh, it depends on what happens this weekend. And maybe we all need to get together. You hear me, Andy? We need to all get together. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I won't be here next week. So, if Tennessee does lose, at least I don't have to hear it. <laughs> oh, you'll hear it. Because you'll be downloading the uh, podcast. Mm. <laughs> Number six. If you were the Chicago Bears, would you stay with Justin Fields or would you go after one of the young guns with one of these top picks? Oh man, um, you want us to come back to you? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Justin Fields this year. See what happens. See what happens. Okay, if, if I see any progression, any sort of, you know, okay, you know, we got a chance. We can, we can work with this. If not, I think you kind of have to at this point. You kind of have to. You kind of have to. You invested so much into him already this year. Well, except an offensive line. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. I mean, you did draw. You did draft Darnell White from Tennessee with the tenth pick. You brought in Nate. Yeah. Well, you brought in Nate Davis, who is a highly touted uh, mm-hmm. guard. You did bring in some more. Not really anyone else, really, if you really think about it. But yeah, I think Darnell's been pretty good. I mean, yeah. I've watched him. I think I've watched two of their games. I'm not saying he's an all pro yet. <laughs> I think he's been fine at right tackle. I I don't put it all on Justin Fields. Justin Fields. I mean, how many yards rushing did he have last season? One thousand one hundred twenty-seven. A lot. Like the second highest yeah. right. number for a quarterback. He's not even close to being on pace this year. No. No. I mean, they're asking him not to run. It seems like, according to him, like that's not him. He he's got to roll out. He's got to run. Play your game. Play your game. Do do you? Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, if there's not significant improvement by week eight, then maybe go ahead and start planning. You know, on taking a quarterback, but at least give it half the season. You know, see if he turns it around. I mean, through three games this year, has under 600 yards passing, three touchdowns, four interceptions. So I mean, oh, it's been a struggle. <laughs> yeah, I've basically the same numbers games. he had last year. I mean, I. If you're a player in the NFL, yeah. you would think you know what you're doing. Yeah. You would think. I mean, obviously, you know, there's some talent differences and stuff like that. But, like, if you're a starting quarterback and you see a wide open lane, I don't care if you're Brett Favre or, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You, you run through it. If you're Dan Marino, <laughs> yeah, slow you know, ass. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter. Like, run. Yeah. I don't – I mean, if it's me, I'm not listening to my head coach. I'm about to get that first down. Exactly. I need uh, it. And that's what he did last year. I thought yeah. that's what he said last week is going into that uh, effort game. Yeah. Play my he was just going to play game. his game. Yeah. And he didn't. And that game got on to 41 nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the Chiefs, though. They have a it was pretty the Chiefs, decent, but you decent would think that you would actually, if you're going to play your game, 
You know, you can't really sit there. You cannot really cast the blame against the coaches. You can't really cast the blame against anyone else. They brought in players for you to actually expand your repertoire. They brought in DJ Moore. They brought in. Yeah, but love of God, please get it to DJ Moore. I need yeah, those fantasy points. Exactly. I mean, they brought in uh, Travis, I believe, Terrell Scott, who was one of the few players that Vanderbilt had last year, a true speedster. Yeah. You know, they did bring in some players. And, you know, why in the hell did we bring in Donta Foreman, who fucking (laughs) just killed it last year near the end of the season, and then you're not using him? Not even active, I don't think, the last couple weeks. No, you you got some players. Use them. I mean, you got Nate Davis, who is a really good run-blocking guard, and you're not running the ball at all behind Nate Davis. You would think that you would run behind Nate Davis, but you're not running behind Nate Davis. I think they're they're getting behind so quick. You know, like at Green Mm -hmm. Bay in this game. They're just getting behind, and they can't even run the ball. You know, they can't even they feed can't the running backs. They wanted to do. And last year, they ran the ball. I think it was the most in the NFL. I think they were running at a like sixty percent clip at one point. Oh. I mean, it was just like every time they dropped back, it was just him handing the ball off. But you know, I agree with Pat, and you kind of have to at this point. You yeah. have to let them see what happens and everything like that, and then you ha- you take an evaluation. You look at your coaching staff. What do I do to have to improve this young man? Is there any way that we can improve him? You got a defensive head coach. You know, if you really want to actually develop a quarterback, then you know what? You hire a Doug Peterson. You find you yeah. find a Frank White. You find a quarterback guru that can take your offense to the next level. I think as a Bears fan, the biggest problem that we actually have is that we hold on to the glory years of stout defense, pound the Brock, and then you win games close. You can't do that in today's NFL. No. And, you know, that's why you have Patrick Mahomes breaking records left and right. You have Justin Herbert freaking throwing the ball all over the place to all of his receivers, except for Mike Williams because he tore an ACL this week. He had a good week until he tore his ACL. He did. did. But as far as the NFL goes, the days of pounding the rock is long gone. We've seen this. I mean, the Bears have never really, they've never really had a decent quarterback. We've never had one that's passed over 4,000 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, uh, it's nothing new. Justin Jefferson has more receiving yards than any yeah. Bears receiver <laughs> all time. I mean, it's, it's nothing new, though. you got to expect, as a Bears oh. fan, that, oh, you're not really going to do a great job at getting a quarterback. but Then you find one. Yeah. That can. But yeah. who's going to pay them? We will. We got money. I mean, <laughs> shit, we spent an ass load this past offseason. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, I yeah. mean, there's going to be something good. Upgrade a defense that is last in points against. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you you put all the pieces around him, but you didn't know what he was bringing to the table. Yeah. And you changed the scheme on offense to where you don't even want him to run. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like kind of asinine. It's the same thing they did with Mitchell Trubinsky. Yeah. And that's really what it was. You brought in it just. Briefly with Mitchell Trubinsky, you brought him in to a system when he was a scrambling quarterback at North Carolina. You brought him into a system that was from Charles Nagy, who was from the Chiefs, where they throw 40, 50 times a game. You're not going to get the results you want. No. So... Give them, give them a year. See what happens. Yeah, you can only go up from here, right? Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, next year, whenever it goes all said and done, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, there's always Michael Penix Jr. There you go. Uh, 
I just can them. <laughs> Zach Wilson, come on, baby. No. Colin Kaepernick, no. let's go, brother. Oh, hell no. You saw it? Did <laughs> no, you see I the little that. note? It was like, no, I'm good. Oh, <laughs> Did you see the little note he sent to the Jets? Yeah. He wrote a letter. Please pick me up. I'll be on the practice squad. Jeez. Oh, my God, this won't go away. Well, that pretty much does it with the six-pack. We'll be back with the SEC Spotlight. Cookie Monster over there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good intro. <laughs> I try, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so another week in the SEC. I usually start with some injury notes, so I'll do that again. Uh, Juice Wells out again this past week. He's going to be out again against Tennessee this weekend. But they do expect him to come back early October, uh, which should give them the best pair of receivers in the league with him and Leggett. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor Wigman out for the remainder of the season. I think that was just announced earlier today i believe yeah. uh his left foot injury is worse than they originally thought it was so max johnson steps in he played pretty well actually last week against auburn every time i've seen him play he plays pretty well uh ut center cooper may is finally supposed to make his debut this weekend against south carolina after having a preseason hurting a surgery uh he's really the general of the offensive line so i think that's hurt him a lot this year makes all the calls at the line and he's not not a great player but he's he's a smart Solid player, not as good as his brother. Um, <laughs> damn it, man. <laughs> hey, we'll take anything we can get right now on the offensive line. Yeah. Rocket Sanders questionable again this weekend uh, for Texas, uh, Texas A&M. And that's a shame. And they will need him badly yeah. if they're going to have a chance. Uh, he suffered a knee injury week one against Western Carolina, which I hadn't even realized that he hasn't played since that game. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a wait and see on um, Saturday if he'll play or not. Uh, Georgia wide receiver, Lab McConkey. Finally returned to practice this week, dealing with a nagging back injury for weeks. And I don't even think, you can correct me, I don't think he's even played in a game. No, he hasn't. He hasn't so, played yet. I mean, it'll be good to add him back to a, you know, what, seven or eight receivers they have out there. Yeah. Uh, but he's like one of those little slot guys that Brady always had when he was with the Patriots to me. You know, right. just, yeah. just a good football player. Not highly recruited, but just gets open. Uh, so Bama, done with the injuries. Bama started again slowly this last weekend but had an impressive second half totally shut down the number one offense in the sec milrow had another interception but other than that he was pretty much perfect going 17 to 21 mcclellan had another 100 yards rushing and the d just dominant held all miss to 56 yards rushing uh most importantly he held the ball for 35 minutes to all misses 25 um a&m we talk about they lost a the quarterback but they had no problem with auburn max johnson two touchdowns no picks auburn had a pitiful 56 yards passing I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> Did you say 56 yards? 56. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, high school games usually have more than 56 yards passing. I think our 12 U team yeah. that we coached <laughs> has had more yards than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, wow. was, it was bad. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw the quote by Hugh Freeze. And I, I, I saved it somewhere here, but I don't have it right in front of me. But basically, getting out ahead of the Georgia game weekend, you know, just basically saying, you know, I, I prefer to love players, not hate players, you know, like basically hoping that Kirby takes it easy on them this week. <laughs> That's kind of the vibe I was getting from it. 
you know, everybody was like, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, so, yeah, Auburn this weekend against Georgia, they better strap it in because it's going to be a long day for them. Yeah. Uh, Georgia might hold them to 150 yards total. After one month of games, uh, my offensive player of the month is Ooh. Xavier Leggett, who has 556 yards receiving and three touchdowns. I could have gone with Neighbors for LSU because he did a great start. Yeah. But Neighbors, I think, you know, in that offense, I think more was, you know, that was kind of expected of LSU receivers. And Leggett kind of came out of left field. Yeah, no one expected them because everyone was really riding on Juice Wells. And, right, right. Uh, I mean, Leggett, I saw some of him in the bowl game against Notre Dame last year look really good. Mm-hmm. And he's just continued that ever into this season. My defensive player of the year so far, Bama linebacker Dallas Turner, five sacks, two forced fumbles in four games. And, I mean, Dallas Turner, everybody knows about him. Stud player, mm-hmm. top ten pick if he comes out this year, which I assume he will. So, no surprise there. But, yeah, this weekend we're really getting into the meat of the the games for the conference games. Yep. And uh, speaking of two games, uh, we do some predictions and everything like that. Uh, but we're going to start with the South uh, – kind of stay into the spotlight for a little bit uh two games that are come up big ones that are top 25 one of them not really a top 25 but we're going to touch up on that because one of us is a fan of that team but uh mm-hmm. the first game is lsu and old miss uh old miss is being given two and a half points wow so what are y'all thinking where is it at i, I believe old it's miss, old miss. Believe. it's at old miss yep yeah, I'll go with Ole Miss. Ah, I like LSU. I like I just, LSU too, but I, after that butt whooping, yeah, I'll go with Ole Miss. And it's at home. I felt good about Ole Miss last weekend against Bama, actually. And it feels like every time I believe in Ole Miss, I get let down. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with LSU just because they have so much more talent. I'm gonna try it again. Ole Miss. <laughs> I mean, arguably, LSU had more talent than FSU at the beginning of the season, too, and we saw what happened. I mean, that's more debatable. Yeah. I mean, FSU brought in so many good transfer players. Yeah. If you look at if you look at recruiting rankings, yes, LSU definitely has the advantage, but right, Florida State's been killing it in the transfer portal. Well, I don't really care for either one of these teams, but uh, <laughs> I mean, good. at this point, I will probably say. I'll actually at home, but Wolfen LSU has been kind of disappointing. I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Mm. Dang, two for Ole Miss <laughs> on that lane train. <laughs> <laughs> the lane train. I'm going to Alabama after this. So. Yeah. See. Well, should be a good game. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. Dead. I mean, two top twenty-five teams should be a lot of scoring. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next game up is, and I want to see if you actually bring me some fire with this South Carolina against Tennessee and Knoxville after the ass whooping that y'all received last year, just unreal. Man, my fire is like a flicker. You need to, you need to go ahead and blaze it up because they are giving South Carolina 12 and a half points in the spread, which means y'all should light them up. Mm. Uh, and I'm waiting for you to light it up on some comments right now. Go ahead and direct them at Andy. Man, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just like one of those fans that's been beaten down for so many years. I can't be confident in just about anything. Um, Trigger your inner Devin. Oh, God. I just can't make myself talk trash to, you know, South Carolina fans since my daughter goes there. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick Tennessee. I just feel good about Cooper Mays coming back and also being at home is the big thing. I don't think we've lost at home in about a year and a half. 
Although I don't think other than Alabama, we haven't really beat anybody really good at home. Uh, so I think it'll be a lot closer than the 12 and a half. So I think it'll be more like a three, three point game, three point game, something like that. You guys tear down the post again. Oh, over South Carolina. That's only when they beat a team that's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll hold off on that. <laughs> they might save that for Georgia at the end of the year. If that happens. Ooh, shots fired. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I'm saying that would be worthy of tearing down the well, goalpost. What if it did happen? Would you? Oh, yeah. Would you like? Would you run out there on that field and yeah. just tear it down? <laughs> I'd run out there holding Devin's hand, smoking, <laughs> smoking cigars, and then start another GoFundMe. Help yeah. us out, please. We need more goalposts. <laughs> we need goalposts. We're too cheap to actually buy our own, but you know what? You could buy them for us because you tore them down yourself. It's as simple as this to me. Heifers. The one thing Tennessee does good on defense is get after the quarterback. For some reason, against Florida, they didn't blitz much, and it just bit them. So this weekend, if they can get after Rattler, we know South Carolina's running game is not very good. No. Then that's the chance they have. Just get after Rattler and try to at least limit Leggett to a hundred yards or less. You know that one part in the Batman movie where Heinz Ward was just riding, running down the field, and all of a sudden the field just collapses, and both teams get sucked into that. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. <laughs> but in this case, I would just say Tennessee. I think that Tennessee will probably take this one. I, you know, I, as much as I do not care for the volunteer state or at least a few of their fans, uh, I think that they're going to probably be South Carolina. I don't think it's going to be, I, I agree with Seth. I think it's going to be a closer game than what the spread indicates. It's in Knoxville, that shithole of a stadium. But, uh, <laughs> You know, it wow. as far as uh, as I can see it, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, their defense hasn't been the greatest. They're, they really can only throw the ball. Rattler and Leggett are pretty much their big two weapons right now, and they can't. I mean, Tennessee. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to go with uh, the team whose colors actually uh, mesh with uh-huh. football. Yeah. Uh, garnet and black Ooh. and white and uh, cream or whatever their little cream like, <laughs> No, hey, we're going no. black this weekend. No, not. <laughs> well, I, I do like their uniforms. Yeah. I do like, I like uh, Tennessee's black. uniforms, but start mode. I, I think I think South Carolina comes out like they play Georgia and Tennessee can't come back. Ooh, it wouldn't shock me. It could. It could happen. Yeah. And uh, I don't really care for uh, Devin's comments for Tennessee, so uh, we're going with South Carolina any day of the week. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow night, oh, well, yeah, it'll be tomorrow night when this actually drops. Friday night football, mm. number ten Utah yeah. versus number nineteen Oregon State. Dang. Oregon State coming off a close loss to Washington State, so they're going to be regrouping, and I believe it's going to be in Beaver Country. And I mean Utah's My been favorite doing pretty country. good. Beaver country. <laughs> <laughs> Not God's country like in Knoxville. Nope. Beaver country. <laughs> Just got back from Oregon last uh, summer, had a great time. Yeah, I was gonna say Oregon's very pretty. No, last uh, spring, I'm sorry. So it's gonna be at nine PM on FS one. So I'm giving you a channel so y'all could actually watch this. Uh but right now Utah is being given three and a half. What do you mm. think? I, I like uh I like Utah. I think their defense is gonna be I didn't realize they were that good. Well, their, their defense, defense is, is really good. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, they're filthy on defense. Yeah. And I, I don't know if uh, – is it Riser, their quarterback? Rising? Rising? I still don't think I he's, don't coming, think back. he's coming, coming back. But the guy that's filling in right now has been doing a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah they're not putting, putting up big offensive numbers, but they don't need to right now. 
He broke his leg or something like that, didn't he? It happened in the bowl game last year. Okay. So they thought he might be back, but I think part of it's been gamesmanship, you know, just so the teams don't know he's going to be out. But, yeah, I'll agree with Pat on this. I like Utah and that defense. I mean, I, th- I like what Oregon State's done. I don't trust DJ in big games just based on what I saw at Clemson. Yeah, no. And then, of course, against Washington State. So, you know, can you – I didn't look at his numbers over the weekend. Did he have decent numbers? He actually had really good numbers. Okay. So, I mean – I mean, it wasn't yeah. his fault why they lost. Uh, Oregon State actually has, up until this past week, had a, a defense that was allowing only 10 points a game. Wow. I'm just uh, – so, so. I'm going with Kyle Whittingham. I just love that guy as head coach. Y'all kind of changed my mind because I was actually thinking Beavers on this, and but mm-hmm. also at the same time, like you said, don't let us influence your decision. DJ, well, DJ does collapse in very important yeah, games. It does, and you know Utah, they've just been playing a lot of close games. They've been playing a lot of quality opponents, and before this uh, Washington State game, Oregon State played, I think, I think Wisconsin, but Utah's played a lot of quality players. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think I'm gonna go with Utah too. Next up. So, number three, Texas against number 24, Kansas. What do y'all think? Mm. Spread is 16.5 games at 330 and on ABC. I'm going with Texas. There's nothing to. I think all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely Texas. Uh, Kansas is definitely, I mean, they're a good story. What that guy's done there in two years uh, came from Buffalo, I think. For some reason, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's doing a great job. You know, they're they're a quality team. I think they're a solid bowl team, but I don't think they're ready for a team like Texas. No. Uh, they just don't have the talent level. No, and I mean, Ewers, if he continues playing like he did, of course, in the, against Alabama, and he's actually been continuing that play, I mean, I could see them being in the college football playoffs for sure. You know, and they'll be, yeah. they'll be one of those threats that we talked about that could stop Georgia from being a, a three-peter. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Oklahoma, I don't think, at all. You know, these first three or four weeks. 16, I believe. I mean, Oklahoma 14. is kind of... 15 now? 14. 14? Mm-hmm. What do they say, laying in the weeds? You know, like, they're not really getting a lot of chatter like Texas, but they've had a really solid start. So. Who have they played? Uh, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why, then. Yeah. They're laying low in the wheat fields. <laughs> I just looked up DJ's numbers from last weekend, so he was... 17 of 34 for 198 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Okay, not as good so. as I thought. <laughs> Maybe it's the running game. Yeah, I was he didn't quite of. match Cam Ward's 404 with four oh, touchdowns. No, no Cam Ward, Cameron Ward, I, I've become a fan. But uh, next game I got up is this is going to probably be the best game uh, this weekend. Number 11, Notre Dame at number 17, Duke. Duke is favored to lose by five and a half points. Game is on ABC at seven thirty. Wow! Especially after a heartbreaking, emotional yeah. loss to yeah. Ohio State at that. Yeah, I mean, last week I would have easily picked Notre Dame. I'm, having, I'm struggling with my decision on this one. You want to go first? Bob? I'm still picking Notre Dame. I'm still picking Notre Dame. I just got to go with it. Yeah, I have to go with Notre Dame too. <sighs> Because Sam Hartman played against Duke three straight years and stuck it to him at Wake Forest. So I think they're going to know a lot. He's going to know a lot about him. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like Notre Dame should win this game. I just, I don't know. I like what Duke did against Clemson. 
I'm gonna go with Duke. That Duke, right? Mm-hmm. And Duke. Yeah. I mean, we all know that forty thousand fans, I and mean, they can get <laughs> riled up. Making the crazies. <laughs> I'm gonna take Duke. I just uh, He's going against remember, the, the only reason they beat Clemson was because of Clemson. I don't know. I watched that whole game, and I mean, yeah, Clemson contributed, but I thought Duke still outplayed them. I don't know. That defense just flies around. Oh, yeah. No, they hit. Yeah. They, they, do, do, they hit. do hit. They do They're hit. They're not scared That's to a, hit. Those are some physical smart guys yeah. up there. And just because of uh, the fact that we've had Matthew Norris basically talk to us about Syracuse and everything, I went ahead and threw a non-top 25 game in here just for him, Clemson at Syracuse. Uh, noon game. Uh, Syracuse is expected to have seven and a half points. Wow. Given to him. That's spread. It's not Syracuse. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, but. At Syracuse? Yes. And it seems like there's been a couple. At the Carrier Dome. Seems like Syracuse has upset Clemson a couple of times up there. Yeah. But they struggled against Army. Yeah, yeah, they did. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Syracuse. Hmm. I, I'm going to go with Syracuse just because. Yeah, I yeah. I do like Dino Barbers. Clemson just—they're just messing up too much, man. And they could—they could have been a great team. They could have been a problem this year, but hmm. as long as Mufata's in the game, Syracuse wins. You, <laughs> you motherfucker! And, and he's a good running back. He's a good running back. Uh, I, I, think st- I still like Clemson. I'm going with Clemson because I just think that. You know, after, I mean, it, it really depends on what comes from this very close loss to Florida State and how that, because yeah. close losses can, yeah. they can either build you up or they can break you down. And, you know, Syracuse hasn't really played anyone. Yeah. I just think they know it's over. Clemson knows it's, it's no. over with and done. I think Dabo will get them up. I mean, this is really their their final They're playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. <laughs> They can't. I mean, they absolutely cannot lose another game and have a chance to even go to the uh, conference final, you know, championship game. So, yeah. I think they'll get up for this one. Matthew Norris, don't let me down, man. Mm-hmm. Don't let me down. I'm pulling for your team. This one's for you. I haven't watched Syracuse this year, but I've seen them in years past with Dino Barbers, and I liked, you know, what his offense does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a new one. <laughs> Found it today. All right, so uh, we don't really keep track of those. We do do the NFL picks, though. And right at this moment, we have a tie for first place Ooh. between Pat and Seth after Seth went 5-0. and oh, yeah. oh, wow. Good job. Dang. Yeah. I mean, you killed it. Wish I could do that. Play some bits online. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would have been making money off me. Uh, right now, y'all both are sitting at 9-6. and six. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at 7-8. and eight. So I'm not far okay. behind. Yeah, no, not at all. So we're uh, we're actually doing kind of good, yeah. Considering that you know we're not paid yeah, to I'm do making this. money for people right now. They listen to me. <laughs> Better listen to me. So uh, first game up that I have over under is at fifty three and a half. The Dolphins are favored. Uh, actually, they have plus three. I'm actually shocked about this, especially after the beatdown that they gave uh, Russell Wilson, who let off the saddest "Let's ride." Broncos country I've ever heard in my life. Like he said, Broncos country slapped the thing, and you hear him as he walk. Let's ride. <laughs> so, but uh, the Bills are, himself. Yeah, I feel bad for him. But anyway, the Bills 
The Bills uh, are favored to win this by three. Uh, Over-under is at 53.5, and, and I believe it's at Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going with Dolphins. Mm, this should be a good game. Yeah, it should be a really good game, a really close game. I, I pick nothing but close games. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with the uh, – Go with the Dolphins. Uh, I think I'll go with the Bills. Um, I love the Dolphins. I mean, I like what the, I love what their offense is doing. It's hard to pick against them right now, but their defense is definitely giving up some some yards and some points. So, give me the Bills. Okay, I am actually going with the Dolphins. Wait, Devin likes the Dolphins. Let me change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tua is just playing unbelievable right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have. Bigger numbers than he had last week with 70 points, but the running game just tore it up. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as he stays healthy, that's that's what we keep saying. You know, he can be a top five quarterback. Yeah. So going from a game that a lot of people are really looking forward to to one that is going to basically be the black hole of the NFL, we're talking Broncos and Bears. Broncos and Bears. <laughs> I'll say, how'd you pick that one? <laughs> I pick only the closest games. Yeah, I think. It's close. So I, I decided to go with the two sorriest teams at 0-3 each. Got to have one of those lemon games, I guess. Uh, over-unders at 46, which I think is a little high. But uh, the Bear, the Broncos are favored, three and a half. And I believe this is in Chicago. Who are you going with, Ed? Based on past performances that I've actually been watching and everything, I think the Broncos are going to beat us again. Where's the wah wah wah? <laughs> it's on it. It's on another. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the man. Defeat. If if Justin Fields is gonna get it together, it's gonna be against the Broncos because yeah. they are Dookie Water. They are Dookie Water. I'm gonna go with the Bears. Okay. Mm. Give me the Broncos. I just haven't seen anything from Chicago that instills any confidence at this point. I mean, the Broncos haven't shown me much either, but I think the Broncos can well, score enough points. you can't really watch them because they're on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, when you have the game of the week, you have a primetime game. Actually, the Bears have – this is, I believe, Thursday's game. So oh, man, that game. sucks. <laughs> oh, I thought tomorrow was Detroit and uh, somebody. No, it might be, I might be wrong. It's Sunday. One yeah. o'clock. One o'clock? Okay. Yeah, yeah tomorrow's Detroit and Green Bay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll take the Broncos. Sean Payton. <laughs> Come on, Sean. <laughs> Sean. Uh, next game we got picked up is Ravens-Browns. Over-under is mm. 40.5, and the Browns are favored to win two and a half points. 40.5. Might go for that under. Mm. I like the upset. I'm going with the Browns. Are you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> After Ravens, that loss? Yes. <laughs> I'm going with Ravens. Old Baltimore. Yeah, give me the Ravens. The Ravens could have won this, this last game. If uh, I forgot his name. I do like the Browns' defense. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Deshaun finally had a decent game. Well, I mean, when he's not sitting there trying to rip off people's helmets all the time, I mean, <laughs> he actually plays right. Just go 
find that man a nice massage parlor, let him get rubbed down one good time <laughs> after the game, you'll be fine. I think it'll be a defensive struggle, but I got the Ravens. It's nothing that is defensive about Deshaun Watson going to those massage <laughs> parlors. It's all offensive, baby. <laughs> All right, so you got the Ravens and uh, all right, so Lions Packers. Looking forward to this game. Over under, I think I miswrote this, but I'm pretty sure it's 45 points, and the Packers are being given one and a half. Lions are favored. Oh, that's easy for me. The Lions all day long. I mean, after watching them whip up on my Falcons this past weekend, I'm really not sure how they lost to Seattle. Oh, Seattle's a decent team, so. Yeah, Packers came back off on the first half, came back and won, what, scored 17 straight in yeah. the second half. The reason the, why they won was because De- uh, Desmond Ritter does not know how to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the Lions, we saw against the Chiefs, so they can stop a good offense. That defense has enough talent. Well, and, that defense is... And we saw ooh, Laporta yeah. looks really good at tight end. I mean, they drafted a seriously good class this year. Brian Branch from Alabama looks really good. Yep. If he can just take that mouthpiece out of the top of his helmet, I'm tired of it, watching it that. It never <laughs> is out of his helmet. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to um, have some chicklets after a while. Was it Jack Campbell at linebacker? Well, yeah, uh, no, Gibbs looked pretty good last weekend. Yeah. Still don't think he got in the end zone, did he? No. But he looked, he looked, he looked pretty He's good. He's killing me. Better than my running backs. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Lions as well. <laughs> My man, St. Brown, just tearing it up. <laughs> the only this is thing hard. Tear, tore up on my team is people's ACLs and everything. <laughs> three of my freaking uh, top – all three of my picks are affected. You got Aaron Rodgers, who blew out his. I have Garrett Wilson, and then Shaquan Barkley got tore up at the, near the end of the game. And uh, Yeah, Garrett might as well just call it a season just or, yep. de- or demand a trade. Yeah. <laughs> Who you got, Pat? Um, I'm going to go with the Packers. Ooh. I think they're rolling, mm. especially that little fourth quarter comeback. They, is Aaron Jones back this week? I should have clarified that before. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I don't think he is. His hamstring is still pretty messed up. That's yeah. the one thing that the Bears did in that week one that has hampered anything. <laughs> I thought he did that himself when he ran on the tunnel. Well, that, no, he <laughs> did that when he was just running over my Bears. <laughs> I saw him come back out of the tunnel holding his hamstring. I was like, what happened? <laughs> so the last game, kind of, uh, I think we, I know which all way we're going to all go, but it's Patriots and Cowboys. Patriots, again, six and a half. Over-unders at 43 and a half. But after the surprise loss to the Arizona Cardinals, I just, <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't I put this on here? Mm, another defensive game. Yeah. I'd have to say that injury report to feel really good about my pick either way on this one because you know the Cowboys last week just had a litany of injuries. They had like what seven starters out, mm-hmm. like three offensive linemen. Oh, man, uh, and I and I don't care what Patriots fans think. Mac Jones is a decent quarterback, so yeah, I think he's decent. You gave him some good weapons. I think he could be better than decent. No, I agree with that too. Uh, I still like the Cowboys in this game. Where is it? It's at Cowboys. I believe so. I mean, Diggs is obviously gone for the season. That hurt a little bit. I'm gonna choose next week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll go with the Cowboys, man. 
Yeah, that's unanimous. Yeah. So. I mean, that's got to play better. I, yeah, mean, we, I don't know how many times we can talk about it. You know, year after year, it's like, dude, you're getting paid like a superstar. You got to play like one. And to me, this is his last chance. Yeah, is it I time mean, to get somebody else? Yeah, th- after this year, if he hasn't got him at least to like the second round, it's time to move on. I don't even think it'll be the second round. I think if they don't even make it past the second round, I think they're going to have a new coach. I think they're basically going to blow it up. Yeah, they're going to have to. Because I don't even think McCarthy's a bad coach. I mean, I just think Dak's just not a star. Yeah. Hmm. I can see that. You got C.D. Lamb out there, and the guy barely got the ball last week. It's like he's one of the top receivers in the league. Get him the ball. No, I do agree with that, but at the same time, I mean – I mean, that defense just got ran on all day by Connor and Josh Dobbs. I I don't know how much talk we heard about the Cowboys being the team. Them boys. About a week ago. (laughs) Well, the way I look at it is when you look at the Cowboys right now, and the reason why I say Mike McCarthy would probably get axed is. (laughs) Well, yeah, we know Jerry Jones won't hesitate getting rid of a coach. I mean, unless it was redheaded Jesus, unless it was Garrett, Jason Garrett. I mean, he kept him like yeah. many years afterwards. But, you know, you're talking about as far as like Mike McCarthy, he was a guy that talked about how he wanted to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, and he doesn't even run. Yeah. I mean, he try, he tries to take Tony Pollard, who is a great speedster and really good going on the outside and everything, but they tried to push him up right in the middle, which was kind of like, I mean – I was actually kind of shocked with Arizona. They actually showed teeth on defense this past week. And, yeah. you know. It, and Arizona overall has just been a lot tougher than I thought they would be. Yeah. I mean, you know. To, Maybe they need to keep Murray on the sidelines. They might mess things up coming back. Uh, yeah, he might. Yeah, no, Dobbs has been that. doing great. Yeah, Dobbs has been doing really good. They rallying around him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm taking the Cowboys after talking. <laughs> you can still switch it. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> Well, that uh, pretty much does it for this episode and as I'm starting to belch. But uh, y'all got anything else for today? Y'all want to do any shout-outs or anything like that? No, I'm pretty sure uh, Justin Gossett had, uh, joined our group. A uh, long-time friend, almost like a brother to me growing up right? back in Atlanta. I saw him comment on something. I didn't even realize he had joined, but thanks, Justin, for uh, joining the group. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. I mean, really, I mean... All forty-three people that uh, yeah. that uh, Patrick introduced to us <laughs> that, that helped a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I got the names written down, and I swear I will get back to those names. I, you know, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Amy, for joining. <laughs> you know, my two family members that did not join because of me. <laughs> but that pretty much does it. Yeah. And, well, I won't be here to join you guys next week, but I'm looking forward to listening to the show from up in the Northeast, up in Maine. Yeah. So, oh wow, going moose hunting. Going, going moose hunting. That's fun. Eat some chowder. Oh, that's good. We get nice. But uh, <laughs> anyway, folks, that does it for us. Uh, and we are out of here. Thanks, we'll everybody. Have a good Thanks, night. Guys.